Section 12 of The Science, History of the Universe, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kurt from Tucson, Arizona. The Science, History of the Universe, Volume 8, edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Pure Mathematics, Chapter 6, Trigonometry. Trigonometry is the science of the triangle, with reference to the particular problem of finding the value of the unknown parts when three independent parts are given, as finding the angles when the three sides are given, etc. In a right triangle, capital ABC, Lettered as in figure 52, six ratios are involved, which remain the same so long as the angles are not changed, the size of the triangle changing at will, but preserving its shape. These six ratios are functions of the angles. That is, they depend for their value upon the values of the angles. They are named in the table below, with the abbreviations usually assigned to them given last. A table with six rows and two columns, read by row. A divided by C equals sine capital A equals sine of A. A divided by C equals cosine of capital B. B over C equals cosine of capital A equals cosine of A. B over C equals sine of capital B. A over B equals tangent of A equals tan of A equals TG of A. A divided by B equals cotangent of B. B over A equals cotangent of capital A equals cotangent of capital A equals CTN of capital A. B over A equals tangent of capital B. C over B equals secant of A equals sec of A. C over B equals cosecant of capital B. C over A equals cosecant of capital A equals CS of capital A. C over A equals secant of capital B. In the first column, the functions are arranged in pairs the second of the pair having its name from the first, with the prefix CO. The origin of this prefix is from the relation which exists between capital A and capital B, the sum of which is one right angle. It therefore takes capital B to fill a right angle together with capital A or capital B is said to be the complement of capital A, or CoA. Looking at the second column, one sees that the ratio B over C is the sine of capital B, or the sine of CoA, or cosine of A. These six ratios were originally used in connection with a right triangle alone. When it became desirable to consider angles greater than one right angle, such angles not being found in a right triangle, the definitions for sine, cosine, etc. were so framed as to apply to any angle, positive or negative. This was done by means of a line representation. 
A circle of radius unity is chosen and divided into four quadrants by means of a horizontal and vertical line through the center. It is agreed that the angle shall begin at capital O, capital A, and shall be considered positive if it extends in a counterclockwise direction. Directions of other lines are given by the arrows on the two axes. Figure. A circle with a rectangle inscribed into it, and lines running the diagonals of the rectangle and intersecting at the middle and extending past the circle to the point where they intersect a vertical line tangent to the circle. Take a point capital P on the terminal side of the angle and on the circumference of the circle. Since the angle may be of any magnitude, the point P may be any one of the four arcs, capital AB, capital BA prime, capital A prime B prime, or capital BA. The construction here given applies to any position of capital P. It will be supposed that capital P is in the arc capital AB, and the relations between the new and old definitions of the functions will be apparent. Draw capital OP, which will be directed outward from capital O. Drop a perpendicular from capital P to capital OA, calling the foot of the perpendicular capital M. Then capital PM divided by OP equals sine of capital AOP, where the vertex of the angle is capital O, and capital OM divided by OP equals cosine of capital AOP. But the circle was a unit circle, and capital OP equals 1. Whence, capital MP equals sine of capital AOP, and capital OM equals cosine of capital AOP. From capital A, erect a perpendicular cutting capital OP produced in capital T. Then, capital AT divided by OA equals tangent of capital AOP equals capital AT, secant of capital AOP equals capital OT. From B, draw a parallel to capital OA, cutting capital OP produced at capital S. Capital BS equals cotangent of capital AOP, and capital OS equals cosecant of capital AOP. If capital OP beginning at capital OA swings through a complete revolution about capital O, all angles from capital O to four right angles will be passed through. There are two units employed in measuring angles, the degree with its subdivisions minute and second, and the radian. The degree is 1 divided by 360 of a complete circumference due to the Babylonian year, which was made up of 360 days. The degree, symbolized by degree symbol, is divided into 60 equal parts, each called a minute indicated by a single prime. Another Babylonian division, the minute is again divided by 60, giving the second double prime symbol. The unit of radian measure is the angle which cuts off an arc equal to the radius of the circle. It is nearly 57.3 degrees. Since 2 pi r equals circumference, four right angles, equals 2 pi radians, or 2 pi r. 
90 degrees equals pi radians divided by 2. 180 degrees equals pi radians. 270 degrees equals 3 pi radians divided by 2. The number of radians is given by the arc divided by the radius. In the figure of the line functions, if capital P returns by making a complete revolution, or 2 pi radians, to capital A, and continues turning in the same direction, an angle is formed which is greater than 2 pi radians. But the functions of this angle are exactly those of the angle formed during the first revolution. This property of again passing through the same values with every complete turning is called periodicity. The periodicity of the six trigonometrical functions is well exhibited by a diagram in which distance along the horizontal line represents the magnitude of the angle measured in radians, and the perpendicular to this line at any point is the value of the function for the angle indicated by the point. Figure 53 curve of lines y equals sine x. Figure 54, curve of cosines, y equals cosine of x. The simplest relation is that between the sine and cosine of an angle which comes directly from the Pythagorean theorem, sine squared capital A plus cosine squared capital A equals 1. One of the most important properties of these functions is that they have an addition law. That is, if two angles are added, the sine of the sum is not the sum of the sines of the two angles, but it may be expressed through functions of the angles. This is the most fruitful property. The addition theorem for sine and cosine follow where capital A and capital B are any two angles. Figure 55 curve of secants. Sine of capital A plus capital B equals sine of A cosine of B plus cosine of A sine of B. Cosine of capital A plus B equals cosine of A cosine of B minus sine of A sine of B. In the practical application to the solving of triangles, three laws are used which may be expressed by the formula law of sines. A over the sine of capital A equals B over the sine of capital B equals C over the sine of capital C. Law of cosines. C squared equals A squared plus B squared minus 2AB cosine of capital A, which is the law spoken of as summing up in one statement the Pythagorean theorem with the acute and obtuse cases. Law of tangents. a plus b over a minus b equals tangent of one-half of capital A plus capital B divided by tangent of one-half capital A minus capital B. Tables have been constructed by which the function of any angle, and conversely the angle of any function, may be obtained as accurately as the needs of science demand. Figure 56. A. Napier's rules. B. Polar triangles.
Spherical trigonometry is the science applied to a triangle on the surface of a sphere. The sides are now also expressed in angular measure. In the solution of the right triangle, a mnemonic device found by Napier, the inventor of logarithms, eliminates the necessity of committing to memory the relations of the functions. In the figure, C is a right angle, and before the parts capital A, comma C, comma capital B, are written co, which means that in the lines which follow, that the complement of each part is to be taken rather than the part. Napier's Rules of Circular Parts Sine of middle part is equal to the product of the cosines of the opposite parts, or equal to the product of the tangents of the adjacent parts. It is seen that omitting the right angle, capital C, which is indicated by putting the capital C within the triangle, that there are five remaining parts. Now choosing a part and calling it a middle part, as A, there are two parts, B, co-capital B, and adjacent to A, and two parts, co-capital A, co-C, which are opposite to A. Apply the rules above. Figure 57, section of a model of a cubic surface, from Blythe. Sine of A equals cosine of co-capital A times cosine co-C equals sine capital A sine of C. Sine of A equals tangent B times tangent co-capital B equals tangent of B cotangent capital B. In this way, the ten necessary relations in the right triangle may be written at will. There is a very interesting relation in spherical geometry concerning what are called polar triangles. If the angular points capital A, B, C of a triangle are used as centers, and the arc of one right angle is used as a radius, striking three arcs which form a triangle, this triangle, indicated by capital A prime, B prime, C prime, is called the polar triangle of capital A, B, C. The relation is reciprocal. Capital ABC is polar of capital A prime B prime C prime. The property which is to be noted is that a side of a triangle or angle is the supplement of the opposite angle or side of the polar triangle. Capital A plus A prime equals 180 degrees. A plus capital A prime equals 180 degrees. The law of cosines in spherical trigonometry is the most general case of the universal law which is expressed in its simplest form by the Pythagorean theorem. Cosine of C equals cosine of A times cosine of B plus sine of A times sine of B times cosine of capital C. If the radius of the sphere is allowed to become great, Without limit, that is, the spherical surface flattens out and approaches a plane. In the limit, this formula becomes the law of cosines in plane trigonometry. c squared equals a squared plus b squared minus 2ab cosine of capital C. If now the angle capital C becomes a right angle, the formula reduces to c squared 
equals a squared plus b squared, or the Pythagorean theorem. In the figure used in the definition of the trigonometric functions by lines, each function belonged to the angle capital AOP. Since the arc AP has the same measure as the angle, and the sector capital AOP, i.e. the portion of the circle bounded by the two radii and the arc, is measured by the arc capital AP, it is convenient to say that the six ratios are functions of the sector as well as of the angle. The circle was seen to be a particular case, with a fixed form or shape of the ellipse, which varied as the cone was turned. The hyperbola varies in shape also with the turning. There is a position of the cone which gives a form of the hyperbola analogous to the circle. This form is called the equilateral hyperbola. Its most familiar use is in representing the relation between the pressure and volume of a gas, which is expressed by PV equals a constant. A set of functions belonging to the equilateral hyperbola has been devised which is distinguished from the set pertaining to the circle by calling the first set circular functions and the second hyperbolic functions. In the figure, the sector of the hyperbola bounded by capital OA, OP, and the arc OP will be denoted by U. From the foot of the perpendicular, capital MP, capital MT is drawn tangent to the circle. The sector of the circle, capital AOT, will be called V. The hyperbolic functions of the sector, capital AOP, will be denoted by cinch of U, cosh of U, etc. V is said to be the Gutermannian of U, or V equals GD of U. Some of the relations existing between the functions of u and v are cosh of u equals secant of v, cinch of u equals tan of v, hyperbolic tangent of u equals sine of v, etc. The discussion just given is of but a special case of these functions. The name hyperbolic was not originally given on account of the properties here stated. One would expect that the term elliptic function would be used for some similar relation in connection with the ellipse, but such is not the case. The desirable use of the word would be to denote the more general case of the circular functions. The term arose in connection with some expressions which appeared in the early attempts to rectify or measure an arc of the ellipse. They may, however, be regarded as an extension or branch of trigonometry since they have two properties, analogous to two properties of the trigonometric functions. Namely, they admit of an addition theorem and periodicity. The trigonometrical functions are simply periodic. In the sine curve, let the angle be taken 30 degrees. The value of the sine for 30 degrees is indicated by the perpendicular line capital MP. If a point capital Q be taken 2 pi units from capital M, the sine line capital QN will be the same as capital MP. 4 pi will give the same sign. These points of periodicity are points of a line. The elliptic functions are doubly periodic. It requires the entire plane to indicate the values of the independent variable.
Rudiments of trigonometry are found in the Alms Papyrus, where the dimensions of square pyramids are to be found. In these computations appears a word, sept, which has a value of about 0.75. This is the cosine of 41 degrees, 24 minutes, 34 seconds, which is very nearly the slope of the edges of the existing pyramids. In Ptolemy's 13 books of the Great Collection, or the Almagest, spherical trigonometry is developed and applied to astronomy. The names minute and second are from the Almagest. Half chords were first brought into favor by Al-Batain, an Arab prince, circa 850 to 929, in whose work first appears the law of cosines for the spherical triangle. The greater part of the plan used in the trigonometry of today is the work of Regio Montanus, or Johannes Müller, 1436-1476. End of section 12.